welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and today I'm joined with returning guest, Ryan Thompson of Appendix N. Welcome. Hey, good to be here again. It's good to have you. How have you been doing? Oh, I've been, I've been doing, I've been doing busy, busy, busy between work and, uh, and kicking out Creature Collection 1 and, uh, and moving into a new Kickstarter in the near future here. I've, I've been busy. <laughs> that sounds busy. So real quick, you have a, you have a Kickstarter coming up for, for Zine Quest, correct? I do. I do. Let's let's hear about that. I'm curious to know what you have coming up. <laughs> well, this one we I kind of moved away with the last Kickstarter, uh, doing monsters for creature collection, and this one is going to be also not uh, not focused around an adventure. This one is going to be a player facing project where I, I'm doing a series of five. I, I wouldn't call them mini zines because when you say mini zines, people usually think of the little tiny, you know maybe yeah. a three by five zine or something, but many in that each one of these is going to be a self-contained class and a few other things. Now, anybody who has gotten either the PDF or the limited print run of my leprechaun book, yes. it's about 12 pages long. It's got a class and some new magic and some items, etc. It's going to be five of those is what the core of this product is going to be. Oh, nice. And so you're going to get five mini zines that are going to be anywhere from 12 to 20 ish pages, depending on what each one contains, each with a new class. And a couple of them will also have advanced OSE. It's for OSE. I didn't mention that, but anybody who's bought <laughs> my product should know that's primarily what I publish for at the moment. Right. So um, it's going to be five new OSE classes, two new OSE races within two of them, and then stretch goals, to start adding more. And a part of that, I get, you know, a part of the draw of OSE is the simplicity and the fact that there's not a lot of classes and, and choice and that a lot of that is how you play. But at the same time, even within Necrotic Gnome's house, house magazine, house zine, you know, with Cargus Crawler, every issue you get some new classes, right? Yeah. And I, I agree with Gavin in that a part of how you can really kind of uh, specialize your campaign and make it different and make it so that this world is not this, it's this is by the classes allowed there. So whether somebody took the classes that I'm offering here and wholesale added them on top of everything else, or if they said, well, See, I've, I've got a new type of elf coming out in this. And if they say, well, we don't have wood elves in this game. We have these wild elves and they're different. And then you read about them and you get that flavor. It's okay. This world is different because of this. And I've got a sorcerer class in this, right? And, so, uh, and if you replace the magic user with this sorcerer, the, the feel of how magic works in your world is going to be different. But that I'll, I'll give you a little overview on the five classes here. Two of them will be familiar um, to people that backed my first, that, that have my first early OSC products that backed for the original version of Solar Sanctuary of the Cannibal Corpse. It came with, it was a two zine Kickstarter and it came with uh, Lost Classes, the Arnesonian classes, which added Dave Arneson's Merchant and Sage. And then I also added RuneQuesty Duckfolk and oh, yes. Planet of the Apes Chimpanzees to it, right? Oh, I like that. I'm excited about some ducks. I like the duck stuff. <laughs> it was originally being written for Swords and Wizardry and OD&D, and that scales a little differently, and the way that you write that is a little bit different than the than the clean-cut way that Gavin's got OSE written, right? Yeah. But I, I labeled it for OSE and made it compatible with that. 
but it's kind of the way the classes are in it, it they're kind of a hot mess if you compare them to most things that have come out with since OC came out because they actually hit hit stands around the exact same time that the physical copies of the first OSE Kickstarter did. So it was kind of a hot mess compared to what we got later. So I've been kind of, I've decided to tighten those classes up and uh, because the, the Sage's abilities are based on things that Arneson wrote in a few places about how Sage's functioned in his campaign. If you look at Judges Guild's first fantasy campaign, there's some things in there about it. And then I sort of added on the way that Sage abilities work for hiring them in OD&D. And it's kind of a hot mess compared to how clean things operate in BX. So I'm cleaning up their abilities. Actually, the Duck Folk and the Merchant ended up being becoming stretch goals for, uh, end up, they're going to be coming to the people that back Creature Collection. However, those two I'm going to have available as add-ons for this since they'll all be written. So you can get seven zines if you want to add those on, right? But in this, I've updated the chimpanzee folk and the sage because the, the sage is you know, a knowledgeable scholar who, who primarily focus on knowledge and the way that their knowledge works. You know, they can do all of the things that an NPC sage you can hire to do in OSE. But at the same time, you can also use that while you're on, while you're on an adventure because that sage, you could roll on their knowledge you know, of, of creatures of some sort, right? And, yes. and you know, if, if the player's smart, a lot of it's going to be about how the players play and say, hey, I might have read about this thing. Do I know where its weak points are? And if they roll and they do, the fighters that are attacking the thing might get a bonus to hit because they know where they're aiming for, right? It's kind of the idea <laughs> yeah. behind some of it. So, And they can also use, because they're knowledgeable, they don't have spells per se, but they can use all magic user magic items. So there's some cool things in there with the sage. The chimpanzee, the chimpanzee folk, since they're based on Planet of the Apes chimps, have a lot of that too because they're the scholarly cast in the in the <laughs> ape folk communities, right? Yeah. So they're they're actually in the same way that an elf is a combination of uh, of a fighter and a magic user as a class. Chimpanzee folk are a combination of the advanced uh, class acrobat. Ah, uh-huh. the sage. So it makes a real interesting character the way that you can play that out, right? Because they've got the tightrope walking and the ability to climb and tumble and things, but then they've also got, you know, the sage's knowledge, but both of them are scaled back a little bit from, you know, the core classes. I'd be lying if I said I, I was obsessed with those Planet of the Apes movies growing up. I loved those yep. things. Yep. I was the, too into them. The, uh, the, uh, when, when I put out the preview, I'm hoping to have a preview of the Kickstarter up later this week. Stacy Joy, who people will recognize from the covers of, uh, of uh, Hidden Hand of the Horla mm-hmm. and The Child Thieves, she does all my anything that's an anthropomorphic animal, she does for me. So she did, she did a, a, a chimpanzee folk uh, woman in the original, and I used that as part of the the banner for this Kickstarter. So Excellent. People that, have, people that have that book will recognize that, that image, right? Then uh, the other three classes that come with the core of it are a necromancer, which the necromancer, as I've got it written, is essentially a magic user, but with ver- a very different set of spells. In fact, the Xena is going to have almost an entire new, you know, that's spell probably book. going to be one of the longer ones because it's going to have pretty much an entire new spell book because they only have a couple of the magic user spells, you know? Nice. <laughs> and also that one is going to have rules that I've been working out for blight magic, which is kind of like, uh, kind of in a way, 
like the old um, dark sun defilers, right? Yes. Like you can siphon off energy and life force from the things around you to power your spells instead of you running through your spell levels, but it takes a toll. You can definitely not be a good guy doing this because that's a pretty shitty thing to do, you know, but it, it especially will make it real interesting for, you know, people to drop in on. Now a lich is going to be able to do this. Answer <laughs> NPCs are going to be able to do this. The party better watch out because as this guy's trying to cast at you, he's also drawing the the hit points and hit dice off your fighter. You know. So the blight, the blight magic is going to be in the necromancer one. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. Yep. Because it makes sense for them to siphon off something's life force to power yeah. their undead, right? So <laughs> then there's uh, there's another caster in here, um, the sorcerer. Which the sorcerer is basically going to be the Elric class. So um, <laughs> nice. you're, go- you're going to have magic users that have slightly better fighting capability. They spontaneously cast similar to the way the third edition sorcerer did. and uh, But it's it's been BXified uh, for anybody who has my Octorofest scene. They cast exactly the same way as witches in that but they're more capable fighters and their spell list is very different. The spell list for the sorcerer in keeping in time with Elric, the spell list is primarily combat oriented and summoning spells and nothing else. They're not going to be somebody, you know, they're almost a battle mage type because they can wield the sword. They can wear lighter armors. Their, their experience needs are going to be relatively high. high compared to a lot of other things because they fight as a cleric with a lot of firepower and their magic, but they're also very specialized just to be combat oriented casters and, and keeping in mind with Elric um, again, anybody who's got Octorfest, witches have to have a patron deity to cast spells above second level. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think that it's after I, I might be misreading, misthinking my own rule here, but I think it's after second level they have to get a patron or they're not going to advance in their magic anymore. Same thing with the sorcerer. In fact, that's kind of where that idea of a patron came from was Elric because, you know, blood and souls for my Lord Ariac, you know, <laughs> so you have to have an otherworldly uh, patron to be able to keep using your magic because that's where it's coming from to learn new spells. You have to get in touch with your patron and you do something, you know, whether it's alignment base or whatever, that's out of whack with your patrons ideals. You know, they're going to cut you off just like, just like Ariok in the Elric books, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not appeasing him. I'm not making him happy. I'm calling on him and he's not coming. He's not helping (laughs) shit. My magic's not working. (laughs) So, um, and then the last class in the core is going to be wild elves and uh, wild elves have been in my campaigns for a while. They're not, they're not the Gygaxian wild elves that used to pop up and stuff from Greyhawk. They are, they're a, they're a love letter to two things from me. Um, one is ElfQuest, because I loved ElfQuest growing up. And so they ride, instead of just being wolf riders, each tribe aligns itself with a different huge animal, right? So they're okay, yeah, that's cool. your elf, you've got, you've got some kind of animal companion that's bonded to you from birth, right? Yeah. And then they're also my love letter to the way that Games Workshop elves were in the 80s, where they were very, their wood elves were were very punk rock, very, <laughs> very anti-fascist, very. So you've got these, these littler, these smaller, you know, beast riding, 
anti-fascist punk rock mohawked elves running around i can appreciate that (laughs) that's i they're one of my the favorite they've become one of the favorite parts of my game and then a part of why they exist comes up in my stretch goals if we hit uh the first stretch goal we're going to get what i call ghost elves which go hand in hand with the way i've got the sorcerer they're basically my uh my my take on melden bonans right oh okay they're decadent elves they lord over everything in my in my world they worship the dragon queen they worship tiamat um that's not necessarily going to be written into the actual rules about them they just worship darker deities traditionally but not always because elric right elric overcame (laughs) you know yeah his people's dark ways and whatnot and even destroyed his society well that happened and the wild elves were once slaves to them right that's how they became so anti-societal they hate cities they hate decadence because of what the ghost elves did so these two zines if we hit that stretch goal are going to interplay with each other excellent that sounds cool (laughs) i love I, I love that the 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 Elric Melnabonian elements there. That's pretty yep. the Morcock that, elements. That's <laughs> uh, Morcock is you know I, I love Fritz Leiber. I like my Tolkien stuff, but of all of the appendix and stuff, Morcock was always my favorite. Morcock was probably the one I read the most when I was younger, but it's been a while and they just put out some new omnibus collection of the Elric stuff and hardback recently. Those are freaking beautiful, man. I would need to pick those up. They're put in the reading order. So like he came out with some stuff in the eighties that actually takes place in between the original Daw novels. And those are put in the right places in those books. I need, I, I might need to pick them. I've got random issues or books laying around that are completely out of whack i think at this point (laughs) there's a a third one coming that's the real late age stuff um that's going to be the three books when he came to earth during world war ii and fought nazis so that's stuff in france and all that uh yeah i think i I remember reading some i think i may have some of those still yeah uh, those ones were pretty cool that's what the the first book is the is the first three books and the one, I think it's Fortress of the Pearl, went in between the first and second book. The second one is the second three books and the book that goes in between a couple of those. And then the third book's all the ones that take place during World War II and everything. So, Yeah, uh, I might have to try to pick up the hardbacks of those eventually. <laughs> the new ones that are out. I need to catch up with those. <laughs> they're only 20-something dollars in there. I'll tell you, I don't have my copy readily handy to show you but they're gorgeous and like they all have in the in the uh on the uh inside covers are full color maps of uh of elric's world oh nice that is the first time i've seen a color one because the old books like had that black and white map in them a lot of the time yeah but this one it's beautiful (laughs) it and the paper quality is really good too and now if you want and if you want to play elric in your OSE game, you better back this. You better back this Kickstarter and yep. <laughs> get these things. Yep. yep, it's um, reward levels are pretty simple here. We've got fifteen dollars gets you those the five main zines in digital. Thirty gets you everything physical, and everything physical gets you all the stretch goals too. So I, when it launches, there's going to be five uncovered stretch goals for five new classes the ghost self that i spoke about dwarven berserkers which are totally you know um (laughs) dwarven troll slayer types from 
Warhammer, right? <laughs> but in my world, like I, I've got those guys, but I gave them their own ritualized ways of how they go about becoming that, right? So that's all going to be in it. A couple new, uh, there, uh, there's an insectoid race in there, which are kind of sort of not Arduin Franks. <laughs> Um, because those are also a mainstay. Uh, I had a, a, one guy play, uh, a friend of ours played one one after the next as his characters kept dying and just kept making fraints. Oh, so no. <laughs> that became a thing in my games. And then, uh, and then there's two new casters after that that use completely different spell systems. Um, the, cunning, uh, the Cunning Folk. And Cunning Folk use a, it, it's like a light, a magical item light magic item creation to make their uh, magic right they create they craft small charms and stuff that they can hand to anybody to use and they're kind of like uh they kind of straddle the arcane and the divine because they have to sort of pray to their god they're kind of like a village cunning folk you know from folklore so uh, and so but their crafts you know as you get the different levels of them you can only make so many a day so many of a level a week so many because it's all based on you know the movement of the stars and the and the seasons and whatnot so the more powerful stuff you might only be able to make once or twice a year where the real lightweight stuff you can probably kick out like four a day right Mm -hmm. so and then similar to that the the last one uh that's unveiled right now there's four goals that are not unveiled that have question marks after them that people will just have to you know We'll, we'll have, we'll to, have get to back there. to get it there. <laughs> yep. And uh, the last one that's unveiled right now is uh, the rune caster, which oh, you, learn, cool. it, you learn the runes mm-hmm. and they don't have to be Nordic runes. I'm not going to, the way that the zine is going to be laid out, if we hit that stretch goal, you know, I'm not going to have it specifically Nordic runes. It can be whatever your, fits your campaign, but the runes are going to be the rune of battle the rune of this the rune of, you know there's going to be yeah. 24 or 25 runes that you can learn and each has an ability you know each has a magical property to it but then i'm also working out a way to devise what are called bind runes which is where you see you know those nordic symbols where you've got a bunch of runes all linked together yeah. so that the player playing it can do sort of a freeform magic of well, if I combine, and it's going to be a barter between, you know, the referee and the player, if I combine this rune with this rune, can I make it do this, you know? Well, we're about out of time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online? Uh, they can find me at www.appendixnentertainment.com. That, that'll get you to, there's links there to everything and, uh, and an email link to contact me directly. Um, our Twitter is there, our Facebook is there, and our Instagram is there. So, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You'll find us on Facebook. Just search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crong. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. We can use the support. And as always, keep those dice rolling.